Hey everybody, our board slash OITE podcast companion book is now available for you to follow along and take notes with our podcast review. Just click the link in the description. This episode is sponsored by the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. Regardless of your residency program year, the Resident Orthopedic Core Knowledge Platform developed by the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons is right for you. Free to residents, ROC is an online learning program that covers 11 subspecialty areas with content that's been authored and curated by some of the leading names in orthopedics. And residents can access content for free at rock.aos.org. Get started today. You are now listening to Nailed It, the orthopedic surgery podcast featuring Drs. Jay Fitz and Wendell Cole. What can be seen after non-operative treatment of a low-energy proximal tibial metaphyseal fracture? Yeah, that's the classic Cozen phenomenon, and that's uh, they'll test you on this. Um, and then it's it's basically delayed genuvalgum um, that will then uh, resolve spontaneously, and no treatment is needed. And so when a kid gets a proximal tibial metaphysis fracture, you basically talk to mom or dad while they're there, and you're going to say, you know what, this fracture heals routinely without surgery. We're going to put them in a long leg cast. As they heal, you'll notice knock knees, and then those knock knees will then uh, tend to improve as the patient grows and gets older. And um, that's that's very testable. That's very common. Um, and, and it's just something to keep in mind when you do have these proximal tibia, uh, physis injuries. Um, then, I uh, uh, for the, uh, tibia shaft fractures, what's the typical treatment for a closed tibia shaft? Yep. So this is going to be closed reduction in casting. This is what they, uh, they call you for, uh, during the middle of the night, uh, when you're on call on pediatrics and then you say, well, we got to reduce it and cast it. So again, closed reduction in casting for these closed tibia shaft fractures. Uh, there'll be some studies out that show that they can actually weight bear in the cast is, is, is allowed and that can lead to some better outcomes. Um, complications, uh, you can have a loss of reduction. So if it's just a, uh, tibia fracture it could lead into varus because again you have that fibula holding up a strut laterally. Uh, if you have a tibia and a fibula fracture, uh, the, the you this fracture can go into valgus because again you don't have that fibula giving you kind of that lateral support. So these fractures could fall into a little bit of valgus. Um, you would treat these surgically if you had an open fracture, like always. Um, severe soft tissue injuries maybe a polytrauma patient where they could get immobilized a little bit better, or you get an unacceptable uh, reduction uh, with, uh, if you have an unacceptable reduction, that may be an, an indication to uh, to treat these operatively. Now, what is the order of the distal tibial uh, physis closure? Yeah, so you are going to, uh, basically you get uh, central, Physis closure, then posterior, then medial, and then lateral. And that is essentially very similar to the fragments that you see for like a tibial plafond fracture. Um, they kind of happen in that same sort of distribution with the medial 
lateral and posterior aspects of the biceal closure. And then we're going to cover this in the next one. It'll also show you why you get a to low type fracture. So just remember that it happens first centrally, then posterior, then medial, and then at the very end is lateral. And that leads us into a to low fracture. So what is a to low fracture? Yeah, so this is a Salter-Harris III um, fracture of the anterior lateral um, tibial epiphyses. Um, and so what this is really an avulsion of the AITFL, the anterior inferior tibiofibular ligament. And these are associated with SCR type injuries, so supination, external rotation injuries. And the treatment for these is going to be a closed reduction, and then you get a CT scan to value your closed reduction, kind of like a, a, a pediatric hip fracture, which we didn't talk about because the treatment is somewhat similar in adults, but when you have a pediatric hip dislocation, I'm sorry, when you have a pediatric hip dislocation and you reduce those, you want to get a post-reduction CT scan. Now, this is some somewhat similar with these to low fractures, so... Um, you do a closed reduction and you get a CT scan. If there's continued displacement, this may need some fixation. So ORIF. This episode is sponsored by the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. Are you an orthopedic resident? Then you need to know about ROCK. It's a new resident orthopedic core knowledge program developed by the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. Created for U.S. residency programs and free to residents, ROCK covers 11 subspecialties and is filled with in-depth, comprehensive content and quizzes that have been authored and vetted by some of the leading experts in orthopedics. This all-in-one curriculum will give you the foundation and knowledge you need to become a successful board-certified orthopedic surgeon. And remember, access to ROCK content is free to residents. Get started at rock.aaos.org. Now, since we're on this kind of ankle fractures, what is a triplane fracture? So triplane, um, just like the name states, we're not we're not trying to make this stuff too complicated, but it's a fracture that occurs in uh, three different planes, and so you're going to have a uh, sagittal uh, fracture through the epiphysis, and you'll see that on the AP. Then you get a, a transverse fracture plane through the physis, and then a coronal fracture plane through the metaphysis. And so that's the triplane. It's sagittal plane, transverse plane, and then coronal plane for, for all three. And it's a Salter-Harris type four because it involves both the metaphysis and the epiphysis, um, as well as the physis. It's similar to a Talot fracture, but... Um, because you get that anterolateral fragment of the distal tibia epiphysis, but then as it goes up further through the tibia, you get that coronal shear, coronal shear plane of the posterior tibial metaphysis. Um, and so if, if you're kind of confused a little bit from me, just trying to describe it verbally to you and what the x-ray will look like, a quick Google search, I'm looking at it right now. Um, you just search triplane fracture and it'll show you that AP projection with a sagittal plane fracture um, through the epiphysis. And then the lateral will show you the coronal plane fracture through the metaphysis. And uh, similar to a Talo fracture, if you get a good close reduction on this, you can potentially just treat this in a uh, cast. 
Um, if it's not a good close reduction, then it may need screw uh, fixation. So similar to a Talo fracture. And what ankle fracture has the highest rate of growth arrest? Yep. So these are going to be your medial mal Salter four, um, Salter Harris four fractures um, that has the highest rate of growth arrest, and it often results in a varus leg length discrepancy. And the way I just remember it is if your medial side is not growing and just your lateral side is growing, then you're going to go into varus because you have going to have overgrowth of your lateral side. Your medial side is staying the same. And I think that wraps it up for pediatric. Uh, trauma as far as upper extremity and lower extremity trauma we may talk about some spine stuff in the future but uh yeah that wraps it up man so for those that are listening uh, we hope that you enjoyed uh listening to to these series thus far uh and we will return soon with some more pediatric spine and we'll continue down the the pd pod ladder